0: Welcome back. This is episode 226 of Cannabis Health Radio, and I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. It's estimated that more than 150,000 women worldwide die of ovarian cancer each year. Ovarian cancer often has no symptoms at the early stages, so the disease is generally advanced when it's diagnosed. The five-year survival rate ranges from approximately 30 to 50%. Our guest today is Patty, who doesn't want us to use her last name. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer two years ago this month and given six to eight months to live, and she joins us from Ohio to tell us her story. Patty, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, you must feel pretty good today knowing that you defied the odds that your doctor gave you two years ago saying you'd be dead within six to eight months.
1: Uh, Yes, sir. It was actually two doctors, um, two different cancer treatment centers. um, Both gave me same diagnosis. One was in August of 2017. And so that one, I pretty much went home and started giving my stuff away. I went for a second opinion in September of 2017. He agreed with the first doctor. um, However, he said he didn't see an expiration date stamped on me anywhere, so mm-hmm. I started chemo.
0: So, Patty, when you went to the first doctor in August of 2017, two years ago this month, Correct. and uh, well, go ahead.
1: Yes, well, let me explain. I went, I had no symptoms at all. Mm-hmm. I went in uh, July 5th for my yearly female visit. Mm-hmm. To the gynecologist. He called me back a week later to come in, which was actually it was July 13th. I went in. He said it was only uterine cancer. Um, and then I made the appointment for July 24th for the first cancer treatment center in Houston. And there they did a biopsy and had to call me back for a second biopsy on August 4th. So that's, and that was actually then my second biopsy at that location. So that's how August comes into the picture.
0: And then you went to the doctor again on August 8th for your diagnosis. And he gave you the (laughs) prognosis of six to eight months.
1: Correct. He actually called me over the phone. He said he never does it over the phone, but I was in Texas and I lived up here. And before I got on the plane to come home, he told me not to go anywhere because it was much worse than what they expected.
0: Did he try and get you on chemo right away?
1: Absolutely. He wanted me on chemo, chemo that day. And what uh, when I asked was, what was the chemo going to do? And he said, it was maybe going to give me two extra months of life.
2: So what did, that, you, what did you do at that point? Did you say, yes, I'm going to do it? Or what's going no. through your mind? I said no.
1: And I. that's when I went back up here. Again, I started giving everything away. I used to ride a motorcycle. I gave that away. I, you know, f- friends and family, come take what you want. You know, before it, you know, I, I was running out of time. Um, so I went home and started giving everything away. And uh, f- um My boyfriend, he worked at a RV repair shop and a woman came in and they started talking. She had um, stage four ovarian cancer and went to the hospital in Chicago and told me to give it a try. However, I had already started the oil. So, and let me go back just a little bit. And I had told the doctor in Houston on my biopsy on August 4th that I was taking the oil and he just kind of blew me off. And he then he had to call me back on August 8th and told me how bad it was. I also told the doctor in Chicago then that I was doing the oil. And of course, they don't want to talk to you about it. But I had already been on it. I have to tell you this, too, because this concerns me and I don't know why I think research needs to be done. I started oil on July 31st. And when I had my scans from the first hospital in Houston till I had scans again, of course, at the next hospital in Chicago, they, my, um, cancer was growing very small, but it was our, it had the scan showed, growth compared to um, the scans just a month before. Once I started chemo, it knocked it right out.
0: So how many chemo treatments did you have?
1: I, had, I started chemo treatments on September 14th in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I had three. And I need to put this into. I'm sorry, but both doctors had told me I was incurable and inoperable. I didn't even have a chance to have surgery. There wasn't even an option. So I did three chemo treatments of carboplatin taxol every 3 weeks and I actually it was November 17th and I went in to tell the doctor I quit because at that point remember they had told me I was incurable, I was inoperable, chemo was only going to give me two extra months. Mm-hmm. I already had bed sores. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I had lost 70 pounds. I couldn't get to the bathroom by myself. And I quit. And and so I went into my appointment to tell him I wasn't going to do it no more. Not for just two extra months. And he said, you're going to go have surgery. And I was like, you told me I was never going to have surgery. But the cancer had shrunk so much that I was able to have um, a radical hysterectomy on December 12th of 2017. But I had to wait for, because I had just done chemo, so I had to wait for the chemo to get out of my body before they could do the surgery. After a recovery from surgery, I did three more um, carboplatin taxil treatments. And then that was the end.
0: So during all of this time from say july 31st when you started cannabis were you taking the cannabis throughout every day
1: Uh, every day the only time i did not take it is when i had when i went in the hospital in december and had surgery um I didn't take it for like the first three days. I have to tell you an incredible story about the surgery. Sure. You've got to hear this. But so I didn't take it for about three days. And I was laying there and I have all the IVs going. I had the pick line. I think there was eight IVs. And they said, your blood pressure is going up. So they said, we need to give you something. So they come over to put a medicine in the IV for blood pressure and my blood pressure shot up to like 222 over 187. So they thought I was having a stroke because whatever they gave me went the opposite way. So I told them, please just leave me alone for a little bit because now I'm scared, right? And I had my son. He was there with me. He actually got me my medicine. I call it my medicine out of my... Um, my my bag and within twenty to thirty minutes my blood pressure went down to 117 over 93. And that's from taking my medicine, the oil. <clears throat> what, did the so,
0: doctors, what did the doctors what did the doctor say about that?
1: Well, one of the surgeons, and I can't use names and you can't say which hospital because I don't want them to be caught But she was very interested, Um, and a matter of fact, this part, if you can't include this, I don't know how else, but her mom, she was so impressed. The point that I was even able to have surgery, and then I got finished telling you more about surgery. But her mom, when I went back in January for a follow-up, was in that cancer hospital, and her mom was on the oil. But she can't tell anybody because she's a doctor. Mm -hmm. So now, but let me go back a little bit on the the surgery. So I'm laying and I'm out of, you know, recovery. It's like day three. We already did the blood pressure thing. And the nurse comes in and says, why aren't you using any pain medicine? I said, I am. It's hanging there in the bag. And she said, no, you have to push this blue button. I said, nobody told
2: me to push the blue button. <laughs> and you so were fine without it.
1: I was fine without it. So that that's my point. So I told them, get this crap out of my, oh, sorry, get this out of my arm. If I've been laying here for three days not using it, I want it out. And so that was a whole nother issue. I didn't have no, pay. I had like, I think it was .04. Of whatever was hanging in that bag.
2: So you were taking oil, were you? Is that what you were doing for your pain then?
1: No, I I didn't have anything. Anything. Okay. Nothing. So until my blood pressure went up, then I had my oil. And then now when I'm going home from surgery, they're pushing. They're pushing. You need something. You need something for the pain to go home. And I said, I've been here eight days. I haven't had anything for the pain. I don't want anything. And my follow-up was in three weeks. And I said, okay, you give me the lowest whatever you got, and I only want 20 pills because I'll be back in three weeks. And they gave me, I think it was oxycodone, like a five milligram or something, because I I didn't want anything. But long story, I didn't have a primary care physician, so they want me to have something just in case. And, you know, it was an eight-hour drive home from the hospital, and... I took a half a pill when we got home only because I wanted to prevent hurting, right? Just in case. And that's the last time I ever touched him. I took him back with me to the hospital and I said, y'all need to quit giving people this stuff. It's not needed. So, and I'm not saying I'm Wonder Woman, but it, it, there's something in it. Is to, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a coating already in my body. Or plus, I, I, I need to feel when I'm hurting. You know, I don't want to take that other stuff. So I don't know what it was, but it worked.
0: Well, I think it's a credit to the doctors as well who knew that you were taking cannabis and still allowed you to do it because uh, we've talked to people who some doctors get very exercised about people taking cannabis. <laughs>
1: No, and uh, here, uh, and a little bit more of the story on the surgery. Before surgery, um, I had to be trained on um, a coloscopy bag and it ilos- I think it's called a ileoscopy bag. So it's one for the bladder and one for the bowel mm-hmm. because surgery, you know, because you never know. And I was talking to the nurse then because I want them all to know exactly what was taking, how much you know? This is what I'm doing, and she's part of um, the nurses for cannabis group. But you know, I didn't need any of that. I needed nothing. I had no complications. I had nothing. Nothing. So nothing.
0: How much cannabis were you taking?
1: A gram a day.
0: A gram a day.
2: Divided yes. over three doses.
1: Um. Yes.
2: And did you do it all orally?
1: Yes, okay, i take it all you. orally. And I started under the tongue, you know, with just the little rice size amount mm-hmm. until I couldn't, you know, I started needing to take more and more and I couldn't take the taste anymore. And so I put it in the capsule
0: Okay.
1: and then I take it by a capsule. Yeah.
0: Did you get buzzed right away?
1: At first, when I first started taking it, absolutely. I would sit there and drool. But I just think, you know, just, and I have, I, I used to smoke it, you know, all, all my life. And, you know, you take a break when you have kids and you can't afford it anymore, that kind of thing. But uh, absolutely. But now my body's used to it. So it's not like that. However, I still get tired, Mm -hmm. you know, so it, it's the indica part that just makes you sleepy.
2: Sleepy, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I take it in the morning when I get up and then i take another one before i go to bed
2: but no more drooling no <laughs> no no but you no. know patty think of it this way so many people get dry mouth from cannabis yes. you had it made in the shade you were just drooling instead i was
1: just <laughs> drooling and and it was it was it's you know i, I, I it it's it's saving my life yeah. i it, it's got to be that because I don't do anything, you know, this is horrible to say, but I, I, I don't do anything extra different.
2: No, ovarian you know? cancer is uh, very much a killer. I'm sure you're aware of that. And uh, for you to be where you're at this far down the road is nothing short of a miracle.
1: Right. Well, and they still haven't determined that it's fallopian tubular cancer versus ovarian cancer. So fallopian tubular cancer is supposedly even worse of a survival rate. Mm. But um, I I, I try not to think about that. And I just, you know, I get up and I take my... And I got to say this too, because this is in the research and I joke about it all the time. But it's non-addictive because sometimes in the morning, if I get up and I start doing stuff, I forget to take my morning dose. Mm -hmm. So if it was addictive, I'd be looking for that dose. And yeah. I, I, you know, before I know it, I'm like, oh, forget it. It's two o'clock. If I take it now, uh, I'll need a nap. And so that's people need to research and it's saving lives.
0: You know, Patty, what is remarkable is the surgery, surgery that you had it was very, very radical surgery. It's very, very tough. And uh, you went through it, your recovery without pain. That is no, just absolutely remarkable.
1: No pain meds.
0: No pain I, meds. Yeah. I,
1: right. I, I of course I was uncomfortable. Um, you know, not but not not over the uncomfortable. I hurt worse from the chemo than I did from the surgery.
2: Oh yeah.
1: My legs used to okay. hurt so bad that they would shake. From chemo, so this was—it almost was like it was nothing. But I do have to tell you, kind of a funny story too. When I went to go have my um, um, checkup, uh, follow-up after surgery. There's um they had to make a vaginal cuff. And while she was doing my exam, she said, oh, you know, she's doing the exam. And I'm laying on the table. She said, well, your vaginal cuff isn't healing. You have to be careful because your insides would fall up." And she just keeps talking like, OK, but everything else looks good. And I was like, wait, what did you? Whoa, just say? back up
2: there. Just dad, <laughs> <Yeah>. please.
1: <laughs> and she just kind of threw that in there. And I was like, well, you know, she's like, just be careful when you're in the shower. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I asked like three visits later because, you know, I always thought about it. And because I said, what do I do? Just put it in a grocery bag and carry them to the (laughs) hospital. And she was like, no, that you would be dead. And I was like, well, thanks for not telling me then. But that was a kind of a. Uh, uh, you know, it just sticks in my head every time I get in the shower now. So, anyway, that was. But no, none of that. Nothing. I have healed perfectly. I have no troubles. I have nothing. I energy. I'm missing the energy. Um, but at that, that's. uh, In hindsight, I think that was my symptom. Was
0: I had lack of energy?
1: energy. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise. I had no idea I was that sick. I had no idea.
0: Yeah, they say just, they say with ovarian cancer, there they, are virtually no symptoms.
2: You have they
1: call it silent killer.
0: The silent yeah. killer. Yeah. yeah.
1: I thought I was getting old. You know, just carrying a, a laundry basket up the stairs. I was like, ugh. and and that's I just thought that's what turning fifty does. I had no idea. So. I, i'm I'm yelling it now I, I every lady I see every lady at the store make sure everybody you tell everybody go every year don't miss
0: do you tell them what you took for your uh, ovarian cancer
1: some people yes I do I try to share it with everybody um and it breaks my heart that there's some people who won't even try yeah so, I've been diagnosed. Four people close to me who wouldn't try are gone. They wouldn't even try. So, some two were in Texas, where it's very highly illegal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I kind of understand, but I don't know if I was fighting for my life. I I I move. What I is
0: know. what's the legality in Ohio?
1: <laughs> it's legal. Um however, a friend of mine I do not have a card um a couple different reasons because there's still um discussions about having a, a medical marijuana card and being a legal gun owner. Um there's also talk about having a medical marijuana card and losing your insurance. And right now I only have insurance until next year in July. And then I have nothing. I don't qualify for the Medicaid. I don't qualify for Medicare. So I'm hanging on to whatever I got <laughs> for as long as I got. Plus, I went with a friend to a dispensary, and they don't carry what I need.
2: Oh, I hear this all the time. You know, um, people are excited because they're a legal state, and then they go to a dispensary, and it's nowhere near what they need. I nowhere probably near. get, Patty, 60 to 80 calls a week with a rendition of, you know, been on the oil for two months. Why isn't it working? When yes. they circle back to the dispensary, it's it's nowhere near what they need. You've got to be just so careful about what you're sourcing.
1: Yes. And and so I buy it off of the street. From from a known person, her husband actually had bile duct cancer. Mm. And, and so she, she helps me. But if she wouldn't be helping me, I, I don't know what I would do.
2: Yeah, I, I I get a lot of people reaching out, just asking, you know, where's a safe, reliable place to go? Yes. you know, and that's that's the thing. It's it's really hard to find what you need, but when you get it, it can sure make the difference.
1: Yes, ma'am, and and she only makes for me and one other person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and and I we drive eight hours there. She lives way the opposite, you know, on um, opposite of the hospital. So it's it's a whole day trip,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and not. Very cheap. But, but worth that. Oh, I'm alive.
0: Yeah, you'd be dead so, if it wasn't for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know I was. I, I I lost 70. I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat at all. Now, I had to say that, too, though, because it didn't help me eat. No matter how much I took, I, if I smoked it or I swallowed it, I. I but it, that was chemo and cancer. But I, it never gave me an appetite. I lost over 70 pounds, like within two months quick
0: did you keep it off the 70 pounds
1: Uh, no i gained about 35 pounds back (laughs) so i could fit into my clothes no so now that's what the problem is i'm 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 gaining the weight but i don't have the energy to work it all off so that's my goal now is uh, you know more movement so that's my what I try to do. Make sure I move more. That that I think makes you healthy as well. Yeah, just moving your body.
0: It's uh, when you said move more. I I just had a flash of the doctor telling you that your, in internal, parts would drop out. <laughs> yes.
1: No. You, you have no idea. Your inside. <laughs> and are then going you're to gonna move.
2: <laughs> now yeah. you want to move more. Yeah. yeah. Delicately. Oh. <laughs>
0: Slowly. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, no, but I I do, I crave, I crave moving. So that's the only thing that I'm, 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 I'm sure anybody in my position, you're thankful that you're at this spot, but I miss me. You know, I miss, I miss, I miss, I miss me, but I'm still here. And I, I'm so thankful that I am still here because it was, that's, that's scary, I never thought I'd hear those words ever in my life.
0: When you hear those words, I always like to ask people this: when you hear those words that you have sixty eight months to live and you mentioned that you you started giving away your stuff and selling your stuff, what is what goes through your mind on a daily basis?
1: Oh it still goes through my mind every single day, all day long, um, originally. Like I said, he told me the first doctor. He said, "I never do this to people over the phone," but I've got to tell you, it's not good. And I, I was sitting in my daughter's living room, in, in Texas, and and I just point blank, what what are we looking? And he said, six to eight months with maybe a few extra months if you do chemo. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. And and I, and. I, just the, I, I, I didn't get to, I would just wanted to retire. That's why I, I was a travel agent for a large company for the court. I was did corporate travel mm-hmm. and I just wanted to retire and sit on my back porch and not talk on the phone. Cause that's all, all I did all day long was talk on the phone and, and get yelled at because the airline lost their luggage and, I just wanted to just look at the trees. And so I was angry. And, you know, I've been a good person, and there's mean people out there that are enjoying life. And I wasn't going to get to enjoy life.
0: It certainly but. sounds like it's changed your attitude towards life.
1: Oh, yes. 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 You want to hear the worst part about cancer? Well, it, it, um, Really makes me angry at some people, but um, my boyfriend and I, I just I have a hard time saying that word because I'm in my fifties and he's not a boy, so I don't know what to call him. So I call him my roommate or the guy that takes out the trash. That's what I call him sometimes. Call him your partner. <laughs> yeah, my partner. So well, he's my caregiver. I couldn't have done it without him as well. There, he goes to get my medicine when I can't go. He drives me to the hospital. Just. In case we don't, I don't get to come back. But um, both his parents has cancer. Both. And so, and then I, now it's me. So he's taking care of both of his parents and then me. And a matter of fact, his dad, I don't think is going to make it much longer. But his dad is a sheriff, police officer, won't talk about it, won't. Look at you. He knows I am, but he won't even try it. And and he just got out of the hospital, and they've offered hospice, but he and he won't even try it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying.
0: But. Yeah, it's uh. Some people are so resistant toward it, but you know what? If a doctor gave them a medication, uh, knowing that there are serious side effects, they would probably take it. Because it was doctor-recommended.
1: Absolutely. He he is so sick right now that, and from taking so much medication that they can't even give him antibiotics anymore because his body just doesn't even react. But And you know, that's some of the reasons. I can't watch TV anymore because of the commercials. Every commercials, it's about people being sick. Mm-hmm. Every single commercial. And the drugs they give you for... And eye ache, and now your ears run, your nose runs, your hands gonna fall off, but your eyes not gonna leak anymore.
2: <laughs> and, <you know? laughs>
1: and I just can't watch it. Anymore. But I, I also have to say I didn't really take as- even an aspirin before, because I just don't like the chemicals. I'm, I'm, I'm kind not a hippie. You know what I'm saying? I don't make my own. I just don't like all the chemicals. I could tell when I would take an aspirin for a headache and you know your headache's gone in an hour, but now you got a stomach ache. And mm-hmm. you're like, why do I got a stomach ache? I took that aspirin. So I, I so I don't like to take anything. But
0: Patty, let me ask you, how did your kids react to the prognosis that you had six to eight months to live?
1: Well, um, of course, my daughter, I was with my daughter at the time, and I decided to come back north and not stay with her, because she offered to take care of me, and I I, I kind of wanted to be alone, you know, if that was the end. Not not that I didn't want to be around my children, I didn't want anyway, my grandchildren. I, my dad passed away from uh, mesothelioma, asbestos cancer, and I so I was with him and I didn't want my children to see me at the end. Um, My oldest son, he was he's super army soldier, was super against it. He's the super, you know, marathoner, runs, runs, runs. You can't smoke a cigarette around him, nothing, right? And he is so encouraging now. That, of course, he's doing research and he even started going to school for um, microbiology Mm -hmm. and was studying uh, the cannabinoid system and the cannabinoid system. But then he changed his major to philosophy. Mm -hmm. So there's that kid. So they're there.
0: Yeah, they're all different. They've all got their own path to follow. Yes, yes. But they're very
1: very encouraging. And and uh, none of them are able to financially help, but of course offered if they could. Mm-hmm. So,
0: are you cancer free today?
1: I'm, I am. My I had scans on May thirty first, and there was no visible signs of cancer. My next scans, I'm still on the th- every three months scans. So my next scans are August thirty first. This month. Correct. And I just, though, went and had my blood work done yesterday for the CA125 uh, cancer marker number.
0: Any results yet?
1: No. I'm um, anxiously awaiting. My number has been going up a bit on each of the visits. Um, it When I first went in, it was at 149. When I was no visible signs of cancer, I had gone down to a six um, last test it had gone back up to a thirty so it's increasing by about seven or eight every visit a hmm. uh, thirty eight is the um, the magic number so it doesn't necessarily mean that there's cancer, but it's a it's a
2: mark it can to, be an indicator yeah I mean I know right. we've seen people whose numbers go up and it, it doesn't it, it turns out to be nothing Um right. I know we were, were talking earlier Patty and you were saying that you've been on the same oil all along right I'm wondering if what you need to do is switch up those strains um, and now, I know also oh, we, I, we do see a, a, a much higher success rate with a mixed strain oil for starters but cancers really smart it can figure it out after a while. So switching strains uh, might just do the trick.
1: Are you talking strains as in different... Different um, plants.
2: Yes. So different types of indica or indica dominant.
1: Yes, I am doing that. Well, I know that... I don't know enough about, I know that one time I go and she calls it the Flying Dutchman, and the next time this is the purple monster. Mm, So so is that what you're saying?
2: Well, if you can get an oil that's blended, more than one, more than one strain in it, um, certainly we see much better results.
1: Okay. I also do the THC oil in coconut oil. Just, you know, just like a dropper full under my tongue as I'm sitting here watching TV. So that's in,
2: that's in between your other dosing? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, but that's okay. only if I happen to look over and I see it and remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take that right now.
2: Yeah, a little microdose here and there. Y- mm-hmm. You're Right,
1: right.
0: Yeah, right on. right on. That's good. So, Patty, have you ever gone back to your first doctor who said you had six to eight months to live and told him you're still around?
1: Not yet. At my five-year clear mark, you bet I'm going there.
2: Okay, we want photos and, <laughs> and, video, <laughs> and video coverage.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Even I go to Cancer Treatment Center of America in Chicago. It's actually Zion, Illinois, and they have every year. They have like a, a survivor. Picnic, parade, celebration, Mm -hmm. and when I see it, so I've seen it twice. Well, seen the people participating. I can't even look at them yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to though. I'm going to. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I I think too. A lot of it's positive thinking because I can tell when I start getting a negative Nelly that that I just need to pick up the bootstraps and keep on going.
0: Yeah, you do. Patty, it's wonderful to talk to you. Uh, maybe at five-year mark, we'll do this again and uh, have another chat. Thank you.
1: Sounds wonderful. Thank you, and thank you all for what you're doing.
2: Thank you, Patty. Thank you,
0: Patty. Appreciate it.
1: Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Corey, it's always fascinating to talk to people who are given months to live as you were, And here they are, a couple of years later, they're still alive, taking cannabis oil and are healthy. I think what it does, it really speaks to the medicinal value of cannabis oil, which so many people still today are fearful of.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're afraid of it, but they'll take those narcotics with no problem.
0: That's episode 226 of Cannabis Health Radio. We thank you very much for listening, and we hope you listen to the program, not only listen to the program, but spread it around the world. Uh, Share it with your friends on your social media platforms. And uh, just a reminder, on our website, we have a donate page. If you'd like to assist Cannabis Health Radio, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: Hi, I'm Gary and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.